Guys, welcome to the Bag Broadcast, episode number three hundred and ninety. I'm Chris. I'm John, and I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that are coming out June nineteenth. That's today. That's today, two thousand nineteen. And let's let's get ready to read. Let's get ready to read. You gotta say it. The baby's baby's sleeping. Oh, baby's so up wanna, to read. I didn't want to yell it. Uh, and then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're bringing you the next segment of the Great Marvel Movie Retrospective. This is part number eight, and we're going to be talking about 2013's Thor The Dark World. A dark time for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, but you know what's a bright time? Uh, sitting out with Jimmy Buffett having a margarita. And uh, that's the type of beer that uh, Chris and I are drinking. Yeah. Um, coming to us from Founders Brewing, we have the next of their Barrel Age series. And this is their Mas Agave, a Imperial Lime Goza-style ale uh, brewed with agave and ancient tequila barrels. Uh, it's a, I, I love it. It's uh, such a super delicious tart lemon with this little backup of kind of a oakiness. You don't really get any tequila. I think when it warms up, it starts bringing that tequila-ness out. But it's such an easy drinker for 11% that it should be gone before it gets warm. Yeah, this is honestly, it's really nice. It's really drinkable. I like that nice little sour pop on it. Um, I've been wanting to drink this for a while, but we haven't really recorded. And then when we have, I've had other stuff to drink. Uh, I I really dig this. Um, I had the price wrong in my head. If it was only $6 for the bottle, I would consider picking up a four-pack of this to have in the fridge as like a treat-myself-day kind of beer. Um, I don't normally take to drinks with tequila in them. I never had a bad experience with tequila. It's not one of those things. It literally just makes me feel gross. I think I have like some sort of minor allergy to it. I don't get violently ill or anything. I just feel it sitting in my stomach. That was my concern with this beer, but I'm not getting that at all. I, I'm i really enjoying this. I think that's just tequila with most people. Like, unless you're drinking a really upscale tequila, tequila just gets in your stomach and just sits there. I don't know. I don't know, because it, it's... It just I feel it. It's like viscous. Like, I feel it sloshing around in there. Mm. I don't know. I have to check in. It's not untapped. I forgot. Paul, are you drinking something that's citrusy too? Yeah, it's well, it says it is. Uh, this is a uh, brewed here in Buffalo, New York. Uh, just a local beer, skin that local beer flavor. And this is Labatt Blue Citra, brewed with citra and mosaic hops. It's a hoppy session uh, a session lager, or so the label says. Uh, Four point seven percent alcohol by volume. Uh, I will never read the IBUs. Don't ask me to do it. I don't believe in them. But they actually... I mean, they exist, Paul, whether you believe in them or not. (laughs) IBUs are a real thing. Yeah, but they don't mean mean anything to the person drinking it. Like, they can put whatever number they want there, and it doesn't mean anything. Well, what number did they put there? Don't don't know. Don't ask me. (laughs) Try to trick you. (laughs) You're on to me, McGowan. (laughs) I, but doubt anyways, I doubt it's even listed if you look it up. It's it's right on the can. It's there. <laughs> they they do care. I'm I'm staring at it. But uh, no, this is a light. It's a little bit. It's it's not a great session. It has a little bit of hoppiness to it. It's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It's but, better than a regular Labatt Blue, is what you're saying? Yeah, but it's not great. It's kind of reminds me a lot of actually the swipe light light from Southern Tier. It's like that level of like flavor. Well, you know now, what those two beers have in common. What are this? What uh, thirty both? thirty IBUs? <laughs> oh, really? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know, but you did look it up. Look I looked up. up I looked up Citra for you. Oh, okay. No, you didn't need to look it up. I knew the number. I just don't care. But. Uh, it comes in a pounder, so that's at least fun. Uh, 
It's five ninety nine for a six pack of uh, for a six pack. So you know it's cheap. Yeah, it's, it's cheap. the same price as the Letback Blue Light. So why not go with the Citra versus uh, the regular Letback Blue? It's better than a regular Letback Blue, and I will do a side by side comparison when we get to my next beer. So here we go. Uh, I got to go to Labatt and have this before it was released. And when they were giving us the spiel about, like, what they did with this beer and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we uh, we hopped it up so it's right on the line between a, uh, a pale ale and a lager. And, and that's where this is going to go. And I, uh, I, I took a sip of it and I turned to the guy that was next to me and I said, this just tastes like blue, right? And he's like, yeah, this tastes like blue. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay. like sir, sir, I think I think you just gave us Labatt Blue instead. Um, but there is like, there's a faint like, I don't know. You you put Citra on there, and I'm thinking Citra hops, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. there's going to be something there, and I don't there's know. Slight bitterness at the back end. It it just tastes like a blue. No, it. it doesn't because it doesn't have that pilsnery or that yeah that pilsnery kind of lager is pilsner kind of refreshness with that nickel <laughs> like that faint metallic this at least doesn't have the metallic aftertaste it has a slightly bitter after you know hop slightly bitter hopped bitter bitter after aftertaste it's i don't hate it i, I think i can say that about blue too though i don't right. hate it just you, you drink it because it's it's there at a picnic or like a graduation party. It's just that beer that's in the the big Rubbermaid tote with ice in it. So it's like okay, yeah. This is a st- so let's say this starts showing up in those Rubbermaid totes instead of regular blue. That's a step up. It's a minor step, but it's still a step up. You know that maybe gets people more interested in like oh. There, there's so, something called hops that maybe I should pay attention to. And, oh, that had Citra hops, and I kind of liked it. Oh, this has Citra. Mos- there's a Mosaic Promise? Oh, what's that beer? It has Mosaic hops. Oh, Citra has Mosaic hops. Maybe I'll like this. And they'll, they'll be like, oh, wow, I should stop drinking Citra. I'll just should, drink I Mosaic drink Promise. More, more Mosaic more. Promise. This is from Founders? Oh, what's Mosaic? What else is Founders doing? <laughs> what is yeah. this CBS? Oh. I like Canadian beer. <laughs> I don't think I don't it's know, that far of a stretch. No, but the last time I talked to Paul, we were playing uh, video games online, and I think I drank like three Dirty Bastards that night. <laughs> oh, Every single time I went back to it, I was just like, this is just a, a great beer. Like, And I don't drink it enough because it's just it's readily available right now. And I'm like, oh, I've had it before, whatever, okay. And I just picked it up because I was like, you know what? I haven't had those in a while. And it's so good. And every time I took a sip, I was like, I forgot how good this was. Guys, it's so good. It's, man, it's, it's, so good. Good. it's very good. I, I'm going to have to tell Caroline how, how good it is. I don't know who who's Caroline is. Who's Carol- is that? Are you making a reference to Caroline in the city? No, sweet is Caroline. That- oh. Because he said it's oh, so good. Oh, I'm sorry. So good. I'm I'm white, and I've been to piano bars where they play that song. I should have caught that reference, and yep. I did not. I apologize. It's Paul was Paul was so good at it; it just flew right under the radar. <laughs> it's that you know what journey, doesn't fly? Journey and Piano Man. Go ahead. If you go to a piano bar, you're going to hear those three songs, guaranteed. Mm. No, but Paul, go go for your uh, segue there because it's going to be gold. <laughs> I already forgot how I was segueing it. Oh. So. Uh, well, you know what? What's not going to fly into uh... what under the radar? That's what I was going to say, and then I was going to say the soup. This summer. Oh, I, I'm so no, John. You go ahead. You throw. It <laughs> you throw it John, John I thought you were doing a dark too. phoenix that it just it didn't it didn't soar anywhere. It it just fell off of a a pole and mm-hmm. broke its neck. Much In like our my summer segue. movie. In our summer movie blockbuster bracket buster, summer and here's edition. Your summer edition, and here's your bracket update. Uh, le- last weekend, uh, well, two weekends ago, saw the opening of The Secret Life of Pets 2. 
opening at $46.7 million. Quite the drop-off from the original Secret Life of Pets that opened with over $100 million. Also, not doing so well in the box office that week as its predecessors, The Dark Phoenix. Yes, it's part of the X-Men franchise, but man, it got the lowest opening uh, weekend total for all X-Men franchise movies, opening at just $32.8 million. That's a lot more than I thought it would make. Hey, it made more than uh, this week's opener, which was Men in Black International. The dynamic I'm, duo of Thor and Valkyrie could only well. bring in $30 million. Wow. Yeah, I was surprised when I heard that. It's a, I think it's a franchise that nobody cares about. Really cares, yeah. But uh, it's a but franchise I thought that, that nobody cares about, but exactly. Like, Paul, you're going to say what I'm mm-hmm. just about to say, so go ahead. But I thought Chris Hellsworth and um, Tessa... Oh, what's Thompson. Thompson. Oh, my God. That should have... It's like a comic book character. It is. Tessa Thompson uh, would have brought in a lot more because they had a lot of fun chemistry in uh, Thor Ragnarok. But... Um, yeah. I, we haven't recorded in a little bit, but I completely forgot that this movie was coming out right now until I saw the report saying, like, oh, it didn't do well at the box office. I was like, I still haven't seen Godzilla yet. Like, I'm I'm behind on my summer movies cause, just because I haven't had a chance. Um, I'm not shocked by Secret Life of Pets. I mean, I'm surprised that first one did, like, $100 million. Yeah, let me look that up. Like, that's because uh, that's then- crazy. The trailer um, doesn't look good for it. It doesn't. I mean, I don't remember the trailer looking good for the first one either, though. Like, it's kind of one of those movies that's just put out there, but it's on, like, the ancillary side of the things that I pay attention to. Kind of like Ice Age. Like, people seem to love the Ice Age movies. I think I've maybe seen one of them, but I'm just like, meh. Um, something that just kind of struck me about Dark Phoenix, and I don't think I really thought about this when I was doing my pick, because Dark Phoenix is going up against Spider-Man Far From Home. Do you think, beyond it just not looking like a great movie, people are just maybe in the mind frame like, oh, Fox was bought by Disney, Disney's gonna be rebooting everything anyways, who cares? Do you think maybe it has something to do with that on top of it, just not looking fantastic? Um, I think a little bit of that, but also, I mean, do they still have money in the budget to advertise it? Because they've advertised it like four times now because it was supposed to come out four times ago. And I think it just came in and went. And unless you're like one of those people that think those movies are good, you didn't go see it because uh, why would you waste your time or money when it'll be up on demand soon enough and you can spend half the money to, to sit and watch it if you really want to watch it. Yeah, it'll be on FX soon. For free. Like, that's how I saw X-Men Apocalypse, or I had it on while I was cleaning the house because I'm like, yeah, this movie's boring. I, I'm going to just clean the house. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. Yeah. Like, uh, and that's where I left the X-Men franchise. I would you know, like, I just haven't had fun with them. In no, the I, I haven't seen anything since, like, First Class. That was the last one. You, you've done a good job. Yeah. But I, I will have to see them eventually. Like, it's on the list of things to do, but well, here's I, I, I don't feel the urge. I do have to say this is when we do the retrospect on those, I'm not rewatching them. No, you can't. No, That's part of no. It. I'm sorry. They're that bad that <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to do that. That sounds awful. It's the you know. I mean, if you remember enough is, of it, this podcast that's is fine. supposed to be fun. <laughs> if you remember fun. enough of it, if those wounds are still fresh, I I would understand. I mean, speaking as someone that hasn't seen, I think like I guess the last four now. I don't even know. Like, how bad is it as a comic book fan and an X-Men fan? Like, I haven't paid attention to which movies are out. Right. I, I haven't seen any of the origins. Or, and I still haven't seen which everybody says is the great one. Uh, Logan. Logan's actually really good. Oh, Logan. That's what everybody says. It's the... I, 
I haven't seen the whole movie. I caught, I want to say like the last three quarters of it when I was traveling for work because I checked in my hotel and I had nothing to do that night. And I just turned on like TNT or TBS or like maybe FX. I don't even remember. And I saw Hugh Jackman and I was like, oh, Logan, okay, I'll watch this. And that was like the next two hours of my life. And I was like, okay, this is surprisingly good based off of actual taste, not just X-Men movies. Uh, Logan and the Deadpool movies are the best of the X-Men world. X1 and X2 are so of their time. Like, X2's got more good scenes, but when you sit down to rewatch it, it's kind of just like, oh yeah, I remember really liking this movie. It's It doesn't hold up to today. Uh, I would compare that to the spider-man movies like same thing like it's it's a good movie it's of its time that like comparatively no but when you think like oh you know 2000 that summer man john and i love this movie that opening sequence with uh necrolics they're really good (laughs) it is but I, I don't think there's been any upset so far in the bracket. I think we've all kind of everything yeah. we've we've expected has kind of happened. Yeah, right now there are no real matchups because we don't have anything opening up against each other. Uh, I'm actually not sure when the first matchup will be. I, I felt like Far From uh, Home was coming out any day now. <laughs> uh, Far From Home, I think, is like in a week or two. Uh, Toy Story Four actually okay. opens up this weekend, though. So that I think okay, so that'll be, be our, our first, first and then we'll have then Far From Home will be our next matchup whenever Stuber comes out. I think Stuber comes out in like another week or two. Which who don't honestly I feel like child's out, pl- that might be close. Like I finally saw an actual advertisement for Stuber on hmm. YouTube the other night. Actually, when I was watching, uh, super nerdy, don't care. Been doing a comic book podcast for almost ten years now. Uh, I was watching Magic the Gathering pack opening videos, okay. and I saw an advertisement for Stuber before, and I was like, hey, that's on the bracket. Cool. Uh, also, Child's Play comes out this weekend, so okay, that'll be that'll also be on a... Uh, nope, nope, because that goes up against Gary to- Stories to Tell in the Dark. I thought that yeah. was going up against uh, Bright Burn. Hey, I said it right. You did it. No more Burn Bright. What other news do we got, guys? Well, uh, DC slowly rolling back the new 52 continuity for the pre-52 continuity, and we're going to get JSA back, guys. JSA, written by Scott Snyder. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. So uh, hopefully he doesn't do the 90s uh, and late 80s metal uh, crazy stuff that he did with Batman and uh, the Justice League, and hopefully it's, uh, you know, just a solid story. Uh, uh, so I know we didn't get into that stuff, but apparently that that's resonated with people. So maybe that's something I should revisit. Like people seem to be digging that, like the metal take on uh, Batman. The maybe Batman just who like, laughs, like all yeah. that stuff. I'm like, like I'm seeing that everywhere. Maybe maybe I didn't get give it enough of a chance, or maybe I was just kind of like comparing it too much to his previous work, but. Know, maybe I should be a little bit more out there, much like Justice Society. And then also, we're getting back Legion, the uh, Legion the of Legion Superheroes. Yeah. People seem to love them too. Just never, never struck me. Yeah, the Legion of Superheroes just never resonated. I enjoyed them in Lightning Saga. I enjoyed them yeah. when they show up in our time, and they're like, "Hey, uh, this is just a weird part of time, and we don't know what happens because of weird time stuff." And then they go back and do their own thing. But I don't like... I just can't get into them as their own thing. Yeah, they're, you know what I mean? they're like, not... I just, they're not our time of comic books. They're they're from before. Yeah. You know, they're before us. And uh, I, I did read the Legion of Superhero when Superboy Prime goes to their world and is like their villain for like a trade... And that was fun because Superboy mm, Prime's yeah. just such a great ass. He's commentary on the snarky fanboy. He is an ass. 
but I feel like if I go back and read them now, I'd be like, "Ooh, this is definitely of that." Time. I just read. I just read it. Um, yeah. Um, oh really? Oh, yeah. And it still it holds I, up. I think, I think it would hold up. Yeah. Because okay. you have that appreciation in that. I like. Oh. I, I love how much of a, a like a dick Superboy Prime is. Cyber. Hmm. We didn't talk about this in the pre-show, like getting into the new stuff, but. Uh, also announced Swamp Thing over on the DC uh, direct-to-streaming service, canceled after the first episode premiered. And then after that, there's like a whole bunch of like hullabaloo about like, oh well, now they're talking about launching a whole another streaming thing over at Time Warner. Like this might be going away. Uh, I- I'm not surprised. People seem to really dig Doom Patrol and Teen Titans, or Titans, I can't remember. Yeah. And Titans Season 2 is coming out. They already have cast uh, Superboy, and they've already shown some pictures of him. Kind of to that note, I don't know anybody that's paying for this subscription service and has watched any of it and has any like real meat. I'm just reading the news stories and like the blog posts about it. Uh, I watched a little bit of Doom Patrol. Couldn't couldn't get into it. I really tried. Um, watched the first episode of Swamp Thing. I really liked it, and I've been waiting for my wife to watch the first episode so we can continue on the series. But I almost started watching it um, today, but I spent the entire day watching Thor the Dark World. I have to say, like, I have no interest. I get enough DC television with The Flash, like, honestly, uh, on Netflix. And I, and if I want to watch a really good DC television show, I got the Batman Animated Series Collector's Blu-ray set. I can pop that in whenever I want, you know? You know what's cool, though? The comic book's coming out today, guys. We got comic books today. We, comic, we books. comic books over here. Uh, well, I'm picking up Hellboy in the BPRD, The Beast of Vargu. And this is written by Mike Manola and art by Duncan Fegredio. I didn't say that right. I couldn't Thank tell because you. you sold it. Uh, and it's a Hellboy story. I've been enjoying these. I pick them up periodically just for the hell of it and for something fun to read. And they're fun Hellboy stories. Hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to a new number one coming out from Marvel Comics and this is the Black <clears throat> Cat number one uh, this is written by Jed McKay with art by Nao Fuji not 100% on that pronunciation of it but this is the Black Cat, Felicia Hardy getting her first ongoing series uh, Black Cat's always been one of those really cool characters that I've liked spinning out of Spider-Man much like the Prowler I never bought into the 90s, like, sex bomb, cheesecake, like, bad girl, good girl stuff. Uh, but for some reason, I always dug the black cat. I just think she's, like, really cool, really fun. Even in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, I, I really dug her. Um, I, I'm looking forward to the series. I don't think it's something that I will keep up on, like, month to month. But as a number one to read for the monthly look back for July, uh, I'm sold on this. I, see, it goes back and forth. Whether I'm feeling more Spider-Man, then I, Black Cat seems cooler than Catwoman. And then when I'm more Batman, I'm like, ah, no, Black Cat's just a cheap knockoff of Catwoman. But they are two separate characters. You know? She is. I don't. I don't know where the characters wound up because I know she was kind of like the new kingpin in New York City, uh, like being a big crime boss. It seems like this. She's kind of more focused back to like the small level stuff. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know. So I got my page to finally load. There so, uh, it is. Star Wars TIE Fighter is written by Jody Hauser uh, and art done by uh, Roger, Roger Antonio and Gerardo uh, Borges. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it. I'm very sorry. I am very, very white, and that's not an excuse. Uh, but this follows the exploits of uh, Squadron 5, the Shadow Wing. Uh, for the Empire. This is, uh, they are the uh, Thai squadron that strikes fear in the heart of the uh, Resistance. Or is it the Rebellion? Oh, 
the rebellion. Um, but apparently there's a traitor in the mist. I was interested to pick up number one. I think I've said I was going to pick up number one way back in the day when we were uh, in another episode. But I finally remembered to pick it up, so I picked up uh, issues one, two, and three just right now. So uh, I'm excited to read the series, and uh, hopefully it's good because I just spent uh, $9 on all these, or maybe 12 Probably 12 I, because it's probably three ninety nine. I will say as a whole, the Star Wars books have been pretty solid. Like, barring like a couple of missteps here and there, I've really enjoyed any of the stories that they've told in them. And they're all pretty standalone too, so you can just pick it up and enjoy it for what it is. You don't have to buy every Star Wars spin-off side story to enjoy the, uh, what is this, TIE Fighter. And I have to say, I'm one of those Star Wars kids that uh, still believes that X-Wing versus TIE Fighters the best of the Star Wars video games. I don't know why they haven't made any more of those, like X-Wing TIE Fighter or like uh, Rogue Squadron, like why aren't those a thing anymore? With like the VR stuff, those would be so much fun to play. Don't don't get me wrong. If I ever go to uh, the Disneyland's Star Wars Galaxy's Edge or Florida's Galaxy's Edge, because that will yeah. be opening too, Paul. Uh, and you have an in. If I if I ever get there uh, or go there, I would definitely be looking around for either a Tie Fighter helmet or a Rebel Alliance uh, pilot helmet. Um, yeah, and you know me, Chris. I'm still looking for an A-Wing pilot, you know, lanyard thing, pin. Um, well, just... I mean, you're getting an A-Wing pin whenever I see you guys <laughs> give your Christmas presents. But, yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. Yep. So, uh, if I get one of those pins, then you definitely know I'm going to buy myself a Rebel Alliance or Rogue's, or, or uh, Rebellion uh, pilots, pilot helmet, because there's still A-Wings in the Rebellion. Um, Paul, in the Resistance. You... When you go to Galaxy's Edge, they, there are life-size A-Wings and X-Wings that you can take your picture with. And, and Paul McGowan will be the only person to be like, Guys, it's an A-Wing! 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 As all the kids look past it. Yeah, because they're like, Dude, the X-Wings! And I'm like, They don't have the speed, man. They don't have the speed of the A-Wings. No speed in those wings. Can, can we talk hey, about- if you're getting pinched... If the if the if high fighters are coming in you at you in a pincer formation, what's an X wing going to do? Nothing. It's going to get striped from the side. Oh, those things like just they have to bank so much to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. An A wing's going to come in there and break up that pincer move maneuver. Come on, everybody knows that. Are we, are we still recording, or is this another pause? <laughs> I know oh, this, this is. We're still recording. Can can we move on to next beers yet? Because yeah. I am. I'm ready to get up and either finish this one on my way to the sink or just be like, nope, can't do it, and dump it. Well, guys, let's do that side-by-side comparison. I'm now drinking a Labatt Blue Light Pilsner, and this has none of the flavor that Labatt Blue Citra has. Uh, You can definitely tell the note. It is a noticeable drop-off of actual, you know, just quality. Just not... It's just not great. It's okay. It's just uh, easy drinking, very light, watery beer. John, are you still taking it easy? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, for my next one, I have from Funky Buddha Brewing here in Florida, their Margarita Goza, which is part of their Mixology series, which I didn't even know was a thing. Um, and I'm going to read off the side of the bottle here. Uh, emulating a classic margarita, this tart ale is brewed with real agave nectar, lime juice, and sea salt. A stay inside Casa Noble uh, tequila barrels perfects the libation. 11% ABV, 12 ounces, serve at 42 degrees. I'm just saying, don't. Everything that I loved about the Founders Masagaves, not present in this beer at all. It starts off kind of with a nice like margarita tart, but then it just becomes like this weird salty mess in your mouth that makes me just kind of grimace and shake my head and be like, oh, like, why am I still drinking this? Oh, because I have to talk about it. I'm going to do it again. And you never yeah. like a salty mess in your mouth. No. It's 
It's not great. I do kind of want to look up the rest of Funky Buddha's Mixology series, see what they have, because there might be something more than this. Uh, granted, I talked about my previous experience with drinking tequila or margaritas before. I'm not a fan, but this would not win me over, while something like Founders Masagafe was like, yeah, uh, I put this at a 4.75 out of 5. This one, I think I just did at like a one and a half because I can drink it. It's cold. That initial taste isn't bad, but man, like after that, just like the salty dryness, it's kind of like drying out my tongue. And I, I'm glad I only picked up the one bottle of this because if I had a whole um, available in a four pack, 12 ounce bottles, I would not finish it. It would be languishing in my refrigerator like the... Uh, raspberry hibiscus dragon's milk that I still have yet to to just get rid of. I'm glad you told me not to pick that one up because I'm like, oh, raspberry dragon's milk sounds great. No, yeah, raspberry dragon's milk. That hibiscus on it, though, just mashing flowers onto your taste buds, being like, you like that? You like that? You don't. But you're gonna like that. But I, Not a but, fan. But I don't. But you don't. But you know what? You bought four bottles of it, so <laughs> you screwed. But enough about crappy beers. Let's read some better comic books. And now, a dramatic reading from Star Wars, Age of Republic, Darth Maul, number one, page 11, panel one. This death satisfies nothing. The rage, the hunger for blood... It's as loud as ever. Lord Maul, your foolish antics risk drawing the attention of the Jedi. I was careful, my lord Sidious. That was a dramatic reading from Star Wars, Age of Republic, Darth Maul, number one, page 11, panel one. That was a good Darth Sidious. It was a very good Sidious. Thank you. If if only Darth Maul had enough presence on screen so we knew what his voice sounded like. I know, it was just really deep, because Peter (laughs) Sinovinovitz did his voice. Um, A fun fact about this book, I remember reading it when I was flying back to Florida from my uh, vacation when I got stuck in the airport for like 42 hours. I read it on the plane back. I remember liking it, but I don't remember anything about it because Founders has a little uh, brew pub in the airport. And as soon as I finally had a ticket on a flight that wasn't canceled and I could get through security, I went there and I think I had like four beers and then was like, all right, I'm on a plane. I'm going to read comic books. And I remember nothing after that until I arrived at a... Baltimore, Dulles, where I was like, I don't know this airport. I have to find my connecting flight. Because <laughs> flipping through this book, I was like, I don't remember any of this. Oh, hey, here's a page with a character I recognize. So, Chris, are you saying you traveled both through time and space? Possibly. Ooh. But, hey, you know what? If you're ever stuck in Grand Rapids and you're in the airport and can't leave... Guess what? Founders, uh, they got you. They got you back. So, you know, uh... You, you know, know what doesn't, doesn't have, have your back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, this is going to bring us to the eighth part of our great Marvel movie retrospective, where we're going back through all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, looking at the movies chronologically, knowing what we know now. And guys, we're now living in a post-Endgame world. We've seen the closing of the book that is the Infinity Saga. Um, And they reference this movie. They really do. And I thought, like, after I watched Endgame, I was like, wow, this really lends some credence to Thor the Dark World in a way that I never thought was possible. Because this was always kind of the, I don't want to say forgotten, because everyone remembers it, but the swept under the rug Marvel movie next to Incredible Hulk. Um. And as soon as this movie started off, I'm like, 
okay, like, you know what? It's Asgardian Thor, Lord of the Rings. All right, you know, I'm getting the history of the ring. Except at this point, it's the Aether, which we then learn is a Infinity Stone. Oh my gosh, this movie is better than I remember it. All right, I'm sitting down here. I'm eating my Wendy's. I'm ready to go. And then I started getting into the movie, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, no. This is why I don't like this movie. There's a lot in this movie that works, but there's even more in it that doesn't. Um, it It's just not cohesive. Like, it just doesn't... Nothing in the movie works well. I mean, you have a, a villain who can be a great villain, played by an actor who can play a great villain, and it's somebody sleepwalking through his scenes. You know? Because it's all made up stupid language that we then need to read the subtitles. Yeah, I I need to... That's going to be what I talk about uh, coming up next. But yes, so Thor of the Dark World. In this movie, we see Malekith, the leader of the Dark Elves, seek an ancient weapon uh, to help lay waste to the realm so he can contain the power within himself. Um, luckily, Thor's there, teaming up with his half-brother Loki, chumming around with a bunch of people from Earth, uh, going up against this, and then at the end, hey, guess what? We find out the Aether's a Infinity Stone. It hurt. The Asgard stuff, I think, works mostly well, because at this point, we've gotten enough Thor and Loki that we know these characters. We like these characters. Everything that kind of takes place more on Midgard with Jane and Darcy and Selvig and then Darcy's intern. Intern. That's just distracting me from the stuff that I'm like, okay, no, I I like Tom Hilson as Loki because he's great in this role. At this point now, Chris Hemsworth has had like two movies to get his legs under himself. He's running as Thor. I think we get a better Thor in here than we've had previously. We still get Sir Anthony Hopkins chewing all that scenery that he can as Odin. But there's so much of this movie that's it's on, it's off. I found myself just drifting off on my phone, looking at stuff and being like, Oh, oh, okay, now they're they're doing Asgardian things. Oh, Eder Selba, Heimdall, he's dope, okay, cool. Oh, now I don't care. There's so much going on, and even the stuff with uh, Malekith being played by Christopher Eccleston, you can't get into it because you're reading subtitles of this, like, gobbledygook uh, elf language that's just like, no, like, you give this awesome role to an awesome actor, and it feels like a homework at that point. And uh, there was an interview with Christopher Eccleston that came out recently, and again, by recent means, it's probably like last year, where he was talking about some of the roles that he's taken in Hollywood that he just hated. And he mentions, uh, and this is quoting, working on something like G.I. Joe was horrendous. I just wanted to cut my throat every day. And Thor, just a gun in my mouth. Gone in 60 Seconds was a good experience. Nick Cage is a gentleman and a fantastic actor. But G.I. Joe and Thor were dot dot dot. I really paid for being a whore those times. So, so it, a genre actor not liking the stuff that he's doing in that genre. I felt it. Like, I didn't have any moments of being like, wow, like, I feel for Malekith. Like, okay. I, I believe him. It it was just it was a tough watch. I think the only thing that really works in this movie is the stuff with Thor and Loki. Yeah, this is where they stop being enemies. And, and they move of, into frenemy territory. Uh, yeah, yep. it, you know, it's that we're we're brothers, mom's dead, she wouldn't want us to fight. I'm still going to be Mr. Mischief, little finger in the dimple, but he's going to be 
more looking out for his brother. And yeah, I mean, that was my biggest thing is when Malekith says, bring our ships down on their army. That's a badass scene where that guy is saying like... That entire opening five minutes of the movie, I'm like, okay, like... This movie's better than I remember. All right. Like, I was good to go for Thor, like, when I started watching it. And then, and then, yeah, he goes, and it's like, well, there's no gravitas there. There's no, oh, yeah, bring the ships down on our people, because you read, bring the ships down on our people. You know, like, it takes away from that. And then when he does have scenes where he speaks English, it's always like, oh, you can speak English? Yeah. Why aren't you doing that the whole time? And, I mean, I think this suffers a little bit is the director of this movie pretty much has only made three movies. Everything else he does is TV. Yeah. And, I mean, he's he's done Game of Thrones. He's done, like, any show that you're a fan of, he's done an episode of. And then what's crazy is the writer of this is, like, the writer of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok and Pathetic. That is nutty. Um, no, because I looked at it too, because I was like, who wrote this? And it's um, Christopher Yost and Marcus like Feely, who have done other better Marvel movies. So I don't know where it really fell apart. And I think, to jump ahead to the connections to the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe there's threads in here that do carry through into Endgame. Like, they do hit on stuff that happens in this that made this movie matter. And seeing those moments in Endgame made me be like, wow, okay, like, Dark World maybe did have something to add to this universe. But then when you go back and rewatch Dark World, you're like, no, besides Rene Russo as Freya, like, fighting Malekith, there's not a lot to that Asgard stuff. Honestly, like the whole uh, oh no, Jane has the ether in her. What's going to happen? I didn't care about that. Yeah, because she gets it in her, and then she sleeps through half the movie. Yeah, and like, and she plays it so sleepy too. And I know when we did talk about Thor, I really did enjoy the stuff with um, like Darcy. Because those are fun moments. And then in this movie, they just seem so really tacked on. Even the stuff with Selvig that's kind of bringing this back to Avengers and pushing it forward. Like, no, like here's our position in this bigger universe. It all just seemed like, okay, well, no, we know these characters. So they feel like they had to appear. So now they're giving them moments. I... I, I think was it, mostly annoyed with Selvig. They kind of like... I understand them portraying him as like, oh no, he's the crazy professor now. And there's even a mention where like someone's asking like, whoa, what happened? He's like, I had a god in my head. And it's like, okay, I understand how they're making him feel after Avengers. Like It makes sense, but I think they just ramped it up a little bit too much because they made those characters that were supposed to be your entry level into the you know the Asgardian Thor universe feels so added on and then watching this knowing what I'm going to get in Thor just makes me or Thor Ragnarok sorry I I don't know if they felt Thor could sell a movie on his own now without those gateway characters making a reappearance but when I was watching this the whole time I was thinking Thor Ragnarok is such a fantastic movie and every single beat of that, you are following Thor or Loki. Like, anytime you even see Hulk, Thor's there with him. So, this is a movie that's starring Thor. Chris Hemsworth can do it. You just have to believe in him and support him through those decisions. You don't need any other characters there. I'm glad we have Loki, but you don't don't need it. And this movie is so dark compared to Ragnarok. You know? But visually? Uh, visually, yeah. Um, but also, like, with Selvik, too, is, like, once they pick him up from the mental hospital, he's basically back to normal. Except for that one scene where he doesn't have any pants on. You know, but 
he's back he's back to normal so he doesn't keep that zany craziness that they have in the beginning of the film <clears throat> i started watching this movie at 9 30 i didn't finish watching it till like three o'clock because i just kept going well i can do anything else i'll i'll pause it here and i'll i'll play some borderlands 2 or i'll pause it here and I'll watch something else. It took me forever to watch it because there's, to me, it just felt like there's no stakes. There's no likable characters. And I, I love Chris Helmsworth as Thor, but I didn't even really like him in it. Cause he doesn't even feel like he's in it. You know, he's just there. Everyone is just walking through this movie and some of them are sleeping. Honestly, it, this, will probably be the bottom movie and it'll stay there. Cause I think I would watch anything else that they've done over this. And this is, I mean, I, we rewatched first Avenger and it actually moved up my list because I used to not enjoy that movie. And for some reason I liked it more th now. So this movie is just, it's just, it's, it's the worst thing they did. I would watch Incredible Hulk over this any day. I, I would fight that, but we'll come back. We'll come back to our uh, ratings and rankings for this. Um, we already talked about a bunch of the connections that this has to the larger Marvel universe. Fun moments, uh, and I have written down here from my notes is Chris Evans as Tom Hiddleston as Loki as Captain America. Because as they're trying to escape from Asgard so they can make the journey back to Earth, basically what we got was Chris Evans portraying Tom Hiddleston as Captain America because they put Tom Hiddleston in the Captain America costume. It was like, okay, how would Loki act as Captain America? And then Chris Evans kind of aped that performance, which was a really fun moment as you're actually watching the movie. Um, this is what really sells this movie as part of a larger Marvel picture besides the Avengers callbacks um, up until the very end in one of the post credit scenes when you see uh, Sif and Volstagg take the ether to the collector and then it's the collector that actually tells us like oh no this is this is an infinity stone this matters um, and the director of this movie, Alan Taylor, had nothing to do with that post credit scene. And this actually made him hate the movie because he feels like he had no control over where the movie went. Um, that scene leading up to Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously helmed by James Gunn, our first look into that kind of broader uh, cosmic universe does seem a little bit jarring from here, but at the same time, as Thor's flying a spaceship, I was kind of like, all right, I can see how they can move into Guardians. Not as the next movie, but as another movie coming out within the next year. It's not laying the groundwork for it, but I can kind of see the blueprints from there on out. Yeah. I, I, that's the only reason I would put this above Incredible Hulk. is because I feel like this has actually part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe where Incredible Hulk really feels like it isn't. But if you had to sit down and watch a movie... <sighs> I was on a plane and this was on and I, I watched anything else <laughs> other than this movie. Um, I think the real winner of this movie, though, is, is Loki. Like This is when we kind of finally get Loki as that character that He's getting a little bit. It's more his screen. redemption. Yeah, this is not him just as a a villain. This is him locked in a cell, you know, regretting the death of his mother, working with Thor alongside of it. Oh, we think he betrays him, but no, this is all part of the plan. I think this is when we get Loki at his most Lokiness because he is still trying to play both those sides, and he's winning. It's peak Loki. It's it's peak Loki. Um, also, because we haven't mentioned it yet, yes, this is a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Uh, we do have a Stan Lee cameo, 
where he is appearing as an old man in the uh, insane uh, hospital asking Selvig for his shoe back. I'm ready going to my power rankings. Me too. Me too. Let me pull up my list. Right now, I have Iron Man, top of the stack. Captain America, followed by Avengers, followed by Iron Man 3, then Thor, then Iron Man 2. And this is where it drops. Thor Dark World, and then Incredible Hulk. Uh, And my list goes Avengers, Iron Man, Iron Man 3, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, and Dark World. And Dark World, actually. And then Dark World. Yeah, Dark World's at the bottom. Chris, I'm excited to see hear where you are, because it seems like you were pushing... Chris is going to be crazy, and he's going to put bad. it as number two or something. <laughs> no, no. It's it's definitely bottom three. But is it bottom three, bottom two, or bottom... The bottom of that bottom? Uh, it, it's definitely within the bottom three. Um, my list currently is Avengers, Iron Man 2, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man 3, and then Incredible Hulk. I would actually put this underneath Iron Man 3, but before Incredible Hulk. And it's kind of from what Paul said, where if I had to watch a movie, I think this has a greater place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I also think it's just a more fun movie than Incredible Hulk. It's not as fun as Iron Man 3, though. I think I think Incredible Hulk is a more interesting watch. You have actors who are actually portraying feeling in it. Yeah, the guy that plays with <laughs> animation is Tim Roth. But you you guys are going like, oh, I'm going to put it there because of uh, greater expectations of what it does for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, this is what is a better movie. Just because this is where you have that moment with where it turns around for Loki, you still don't get great Loki in it. Yeah, it's got some character moments. Ascension of Loki. It's not a good it's not a good movie. For better movie Incredible Hulk, I would I would gladly disagree that. And I am disagreeing that. Incredible Hulk's not great. Like, yeah, Tim Roth's good as a villain, but you only get so much Tim Roth in that movie. Because then everything else is all just to kind of steal a Natalie Portmanism. You're just getting Liv Tyler look looking sleepy on the screen, <laughs> and then you get Ed Norton just being Ed Norton because he's Ed Norton. Ty Burrell, Ty Burrell's always awesome. So yeah, him as Doc Samson's really cool in like 30 seconds that he's in the movie for. And then you got the weird guy. I don't know what his name is. Mister uh, the Brain Guy. Yeah, oh. as as the leader. Tim the leader. Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. Nothing else about Incredible Hulk really works. Yeah, it's cool seeing the Hulk fight Abomination on that street that's supposed to be New York City, but we really know it's Toronto because we've walked up and down that street going to conventions. It's it's supposed to be Harlem. Is it? Oh. Yeah. That movie's just not good. Like, yeah, Tim Roth's cool. Like I buy him as that like stretched to the edge like soldier like that just wants that one up. But nothing else in that movie. Yeah, but I sat down and watched that movie straight through. This movie, I, not nine thirty to like three o'clock, it took me to watch this movie. I, I, I stand by my original statement of there's no bad Marvel movies. Like some things Ooh. just don't. No, some things just don't work. But I could sit down and watch any of them. If I had to pick one that I would never watch again, it would be Incredible Hulk. I don't want this to ruin our friendship, John, but if Incredible Hulk was wiped from my memory, I could go about living just fine. Uh, Pretty much Iron Man 2, um, Incredible Hulk, and Thor The Dark World, I never want to have to watch again. Like, they're, they're stricken from the list. Like, I don't need to ever watch these again. The only time I will are when I sit down with my son to watch through all the Marvel movies. That's the only time. And then they're retired after that. And he's got to know that we don't watch these anymore. 
We well, that's going to be really sad when he's like, Uncle Chris is right. <laughs> Dark World's better than Hulk. <laughs> like, Uncle Chris is full of shit. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, when I go to watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, again, like, lead up to Endgame one more time, I will skip Incredible Hulk. But I will still end up watching Dark World. Or at least having Dark World on. Yeah, you're just going to put it on, and then you're going to go into another room. Right. Like, there's a difference. But I won't really... even put on Incredible Hulk. But you're not sitting down to watch it. Watch it. You're putting it on just to have it on and say that you watched it while you watched yeah, all I've the movies. I've been going through, and I'm like, oh, I'll catch the cool scenes, the Freya scene. I like. I do like the portal scenes when they're in the, when they're in the alley and they're sending things through. The ether portals. I do. I think that's a lot of fun. Okay, that is fun, especially later when they're actually on the dark world, and then Thor's just like, "Why are there so many shoes here?" But at the same time, like, none of that needs to exist. Like, it's the bottom of the list, guys. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely the bottom of the list. Like, I I don't want anyone to think me or anyone else is building this up because I think I was the most generous to this movie. It's still on the bottom of the list. It's still like my second to last. And oh yeah, there's nothing that's going to go below these two movies. No, yeah. As we continue on through the next like twelve or nineteen movies that we have coming up, this will still be at the bottom of the list, languishing with incredible Hulk. Like because we both or all three of us have them down that low on the list. Like it's not great, but I do think I went into this with a little bit more rose-colored glasses after watching Endgame. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. I'm like, oh, there must be a reason. Especially what? after seeing the stuff in Endgame with Freya and Thor and Rocket back on Asgard. I was like, okay, yeah, you know what? Thor's getting some validation now. Like, He talked to his mom. He can still summon Mjolnir. Everything's cool. Okay. like Dark World happened. I'm at peace with that. But then going back into it, it's just like, ugh, 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 ugh. Thor needs his mommy. That's all I realized from uh, Endgame. Thor, Thor just needs to be in a movie with Loki, just those two. And then I'm like, yeah, this is this is going to be upper to the top of the list. Spoilers. All right. Well, if you hey, agree with us. I never talked about my next beer. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I just realized that because I'm at the end of it. Um, and we're at the end of the show. We so are. So, so before we uh, we wrap up, my final beer of the evening was Elysian Brewing Salute the Sun. And this is a pale ale that's been um, brewed with sun-dried black limes um, and citra hops. Definitely getting the citra hops, get a nice little lime pop up at the front of it, but then just kind of fades off into like a wheaty pale ale. This leaves like a little bit of a bitter on the tongue. It's not bad. I think as a hot day summer beer, this would be great. Um, the whole reason I drank this alongside everything else was just to keep with my theme of like, oh, it's all margarita beers. Um, I would definitely put the Masagave up at the beginning, then this uh, Allegiance Salute the Sun, and then at a fourth out of three, the Funky Buddha Margarita goes on. It's your Incredible Hulk. It's my... That's my Incredible Hulk. Uh, Salute the Sun would be my Dark World. You don't want to drink it, but if it's there, uh, it's enjoyable for what it is. And on that, Paul, thank you. Wrap it up. So uh, if you agree with us or disagree with us, let us know on our Facebook page. Do we have an Instagram? Instagram. We do. Twitter. Uh, you know, anywhere. Our website. Direct. Website. Website. Emails, contact, uh, or no, I'm sorry, beggingboardcast at gmail.com. Let us know, especially on the show notes page, because I delete so many comments that are just like Russian spam bots. I would like some actual interaction over there. Yeah, and uh, next time we'll actually get to uh, read emails from the email blog. We'll, we'll have more time. Maybe if I lie and say that there's actual emails, people will be like, oh, well, then I'll email too if other people are doing it. And next time we'll have an actual bracket matchup. Yeah. Something can move ahead. Yeah, look forward to that episode.
So have you ever watched uh, Day Nine play uh, Spell Strikers? I know. Yeah, Spell Strikers. Uh, it was a Nerd and Sundry show for a while. No. Or Geek that, and Sundry, sorry. That I haven't seen. It's Day Nine, and he just plays versus people like Alec Tudyk was on, like that oh. level of that level of celebrity, and blow it. Uh, but here's the thing: like you say, Alan Tudyk, and I'm like, I love Alan Tudyk, so that's right. fine. <laughs> I have uh, no problem with that. Alan Tudyk should play the next Joker. Ooh, sorry, John. He only does birds in Disney animated <laughs> movies now. Because he was Iago in Aladdin, and as soon as I heard, I was like, okay, yeah, I can see that's Alan Tudyk. Like it checks out. That, that works. Well, he's the bad guy in um, Doom Patrol, and he like you're, oh, really? you watch him do that, and you're just like, oh man, he'd make such a good Joker. Uh, anyone else see Aladdin yet? No, no. not yet. I'm not going to see it in the theater. It's like I went in with expectations that I could manage because it's my favorite animated. Like a lot of the live action ones have kind of left me like, eh, whatever. It's it's a solid delivery of a movie. Like I really dug it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, we just uh, we have to make plans ahead of time, and it it's an ordeal to go to the movies now. So yeah, you know we already bought our tickets for Spider Man, so we're set for that. But I'm very nervous about Spider Man. I'm not. I they they have my my belief and attention now yeah. it's the fact that marvel's working with them um I, I i feel good about things i just i just want to see where it goes right but that's the thing like i'm no i'm like good i'm satisfied with after endgame man i'm like you know what you guys did it <laughs> you're good you got nothing to prove and you did it. I, I went to Homecoming though, excited, be like, "Oh, like this looks like an awesome Spider-Man movie." And then thinking back to Homecoming, I was like, "Wow, that was a great Spider-Man movie." Um, I might be getting more of that from Far From Home, and just not like be aware of it yet. But we'll see. Um, also, I, this completely escaped me until just now talking about it. It's a Marvel movie matchup thing where it literally just picks like two movies and then you have to say like which one you would rather watch and it kind of takes you through and then once you hit the end of it it tells you like okay this is what your ranking of like top Marvel movies is I think that might be kind of fun to do and then just kind of like hold it in your back pocket and then once we get to the end of this just say like oh no here's where I place things as I think about it but like on the fly, like just pick, pick, pick. Here I am. Uh, Ant Man was my number one. Wow! Wow! It was a surprise. Wow! Way to keep it in your back pocket. I I, I can do it again because who knows how I'm going to think? Because I did this before. Um, what should we call it? Endgame came out. What is it called? Uh, MCU Pick'em. Uh, I I would have to like. It was a Facebook thing, and it was like from a while ago I'd have to go search it out or I could just like text me like hey send me that thing if you remember it um but yeah like Ant-Man and I think a lot of it was just like when you see the movie is paired up against you're like oh no Ant-Man would be a fun watch like I I don't know but that might be something just kind of fun to think about not married to the idea but it kind of surprised me that if I had to sit down and say like no this is the number one versus like clicking on movie posters to be like, oh, what would I rather watch? Like, Doctor Strange or Age of Ultron? Like, it's... The impulse was a little bit different on it, I guess. Yeah, I just did a search for the pick for a pick and uh, it's not popping up, so... Gotcha. I don't, know, I don't know what else I'll you would I'll figure call it out. Sorry. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Uh-huh. I used to do that. There was one that uh, I saw on the Totally Rad show back in the day, but it was, like, all movies. Oh... I did that too. I forget what it was called. Yeah, yeah, and it was just a bunch of. They would just put up two movie posters, and it was, and they would over on the right hand side, it would tell you your current ranking of all the movies. But that took you forever to like make a change to any movie ever, like the ranking. Because yeah. it'd be like, oh, Independence Day versus Christmas Story, right? Oh, I, I guess Christmas Story. I watch it every year. 
<laughs> yeah. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't remember what it was called, though. <laughs> um, so that's cool that they did it just for the Marvel movies, because yeah. that would at least be easier, because then you would get every match. You like, It is possible to actually see every single matchup. So you yeah, could it, get a good it list. Got, it got difficult, though, because then it would be like, well, I think you know Civil War is a strong movie, but Guardian of the Galaxy is so fun. And if I'm going in like just like of the two, which one do I want to sit down and you know, take my mind off my day, I'd be like, well, I guess I would pick Guardians of the Galaxy, but... Yeah. So you guys ready to start podcasting again? Um, so I just poured my next beer. I'm letting it settle for a second. I don't know if John's good to go still. Yeah. Oh, do we take a bat break? Yeah, we, t- we took a little bit of a we break. We thought we were fucking because... recording all of that. No, that, that's just how we talk. You know I'm that. going to edit out some of the stuff. I'm going to keep some of it. Oh, leave. Uh, John. The podcast is supposed to sound like just friends talking. <laughs> so we were doing our job. I know, and I was I was about to go, uh, what other news do we have? Because the guys are just kept going on. No, because you, you jumped in for a second, but then I didn't hear anything. So I was like, oh, he's no, probably he's back. Like... But you guys think? Really? You, put, you only put Masagavi yeah. at a four? I was surprised. I was surprised you did. Uh, I'm surprised. At... Four, four, seven, five. I... I really dug it. Like I would gladly drink more of that. I would again. too. Paul, you you would put it at a five. He, clearly, he put Citra at a five. 